It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. everybody, welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and I'm along with my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi. We are here at Martinsville Speedway, and what else needs to be said? Because we just saw one of the all-time classic NASCAR moments. That's going to live on forever. I, I mean, it's, it, it is... I'm not, this is not hyperbole to say. This is like pass-in-the-grass-esque 1979 Daytona 500 finish. This is going to be one of those moves you see ad nauseum over and over and over again. Incredible. I totally agree. I mean, we are talking about Ross Chastain's move here on the final lap of Martinsville. Faced with elimination, down by two points when he takes the white flag, he decides to gas it up, grabs fifth gear, stuffs it into the wall in turn three and rides it all the way around. Uh, Just like a video game move, it actually worked. It destroyed his car. Yeah. Um, But who cares? He makes it into the final four with a stunning, stunning last lap. The all-time fastest start stock car lap that's ever been turned here at Martinsville Speedway. Um, just absolutely, I mean, this is, I think, probably, what, a couple hours later now? And we're just still sort of just buzzing over it. I mean, we're just outside and you're comparing notes on... What people saw when it happened, and where were you, and what did you? When did you realize? I saw the in-car it? video yeah. just a little bit ago, and I was just like, "Holy hell! Like that's it looks like something in a video game." I mean, that's it's all it is. It, it it was truly unbelievable, and you're right about this being pass in the grass esque. I mean, I just looked it up because I was like, "What? That was 1987, right? Yeah, so all this service, is yep. 35 years ago, right? That people are still talking about that move." Mm-hmm. And still gets replayed all the time. Well, this move is absolutely going to be replayed for that long. I mean, this is an all-time NASCAR moment, no doubt. Yeah, and I I don't know where you stand on this. I purposely purposely have not asked you this because I want to have this conversation on the podcast. I just, I'm impressed. Like, he pulled it off. Like, not that we've seen drivers try this before in various forms. But he actually pulled it off. Like, and that's incredible. And... He did it, and he deserves all the credit in the world. And I, and then some drivers kind of took exception to it. Fine, I get it to some degree, but like, give him credit. Like, this was incredible. Like, he had one chance. This was his hail mary, and he pulled it off. And it's like, kudos to him. I I totally agree with you, honestly. And I know that, um, you know, after the race, some drivers were, you know, Matt Weaver comes up comes up to me on pit road, and he goes, "Did you hear what Larson just said?" Yeah. And I go, "Oh no, no what." And he goes, oh, yeah, Larson said this move is like, you know, embarrassing, um, embarrassing for the sport. And until he had said that, I was like, hadn't, it hadn't even occurred to me. Um, I mean, to me, there's a lot of other things happen in NASCAR that are embarrassing or that I don't like. But this one, I thought this took creativity. It took smarts to th- even think of this, that that you could pull this off. Um, it took incredible guts uh, encourage because this could have turned out very badly. Hundred percent because not only you're you're basically pulling in a fifth gear and like hitting the accelerator to bounce into a wall. We got to mention that there's a, a crossover gate 
in turn four, which Ross admits he like didn't even think about until he got there. And you can hit that thing, and we have seen cars hit that crossover gate at other tracks before, and it, it can get ugly in a hurry. I mean, if this doesn't work, like let's say he even goes into turn three and bounces off the wall and backs and goes back into traffic oh. and takes out other cars or, or whoever, um, and everybody's making fun of him forever and being what an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like this would be an all-time blunder, uh, and yet it, it turned out absolutely perfectly. And and just that that camera shot where you see them crossing the line. You know, Bell wins and they cut to the cars crossing the line. All of a sudden, he's up there. Um, you know, I, I asked Justin Marks about this afterwards because I was like, because you could see they were watching on the pit yeah. box, and he was almost like he, he said it was. You know, they're watching, and all of a sudden Ross's cars there. You know, they they weren't able to watch it live. Yeah. You know, just like everybody else down in the infield. And so he's like, it was like somebody comes back from commercial and some they had missed some of the action or something. Like, how did he? How did that happen? How did he get there? Um, and then just the when you see the overhead view, it looks like the, it's sped up. It yeah. looks like someone like hit plus five for fast forward. <laughs> And you're like, well, I'm sorry. What can we slow this down to like real time? No, that that is real time. Like it's just, it's incre- it's insane. It really is. I it, mean, I I think I I truly believe, you know, I I am prone to a little bit of hyperbole. So I'm I'm trying really? to check myself. I never here. noticed yes. that before. But yeah, I really wow. think that that is like the most exciting moment, exciting thing that I've ever seen at a NASCAR track. When you think about everything that was on the line, um. Uh, you know, to, to, to pull that off and to make it work. And I mean, it's just, it's just stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, I just think that that was like a legend was created right 100%. there. This is going to be, like I said, this is going to be played, replayed over and over again. Every last race before the championship, this is going to be, this is what can happen in this race. Just like they do with the pass in the grass for the all-star race to sell it. You're going to see this over and over again. Like, this is the legend. And the, the the reaction from Pitt Road, when Ross came down Pitt Road, you had crew guys for other running up to his car, like congratulating. Ross is not the most popular driver in the garage this year, if fair to say. And like people are coming up to him and just like like I couldn't believe he pulled it off. And they're impressed with it. Dude, he he got booed in driver introductions, of course, yeah. because you know, if everybody's seen his season and they're like, Oh, we're getting chastained and all yeah. this stuff. And when they showed you know they they the fans cheered for christopher bell you know after the race and all that stuff but when they showed ross's face for the first time on the scoreboard the fans absolutely erupted here they loved it they thought that was freaking cool and it was it was and i think this is this might be the thing that kind of turns it for ross like he's a guy you it's easy to root for blue collar guy fought and scrapped to get his way to the, the top got kicked down even when he got up there and he keeps coming back keeps calling back and every time you think he's out he finds a way and like how can you not if you're a fan, like I, I don't see why, unless you're maybe a fan of Chase Elliott or Denny Hamlin, um, not be a fan of him because it's incredible to see this rise of a guy who just refuses to lose. He used the description "fight or flight," right? He had nothing to lose, and that's it. And that was the situation. Like he had, his situation was such where if he didn't do something dramatic, he's out of the playoffs. He's got nothing to lose. I mean, his own well-being, but I guess he, like he said, he's in Ogredorner. I mean, it, it's just. Um... It to, it's it's very difficult to wrap your mind around the season that Ross Chastain has had. I mean, when you when you rewind to uh, I wouldn't our say expectations year, before the year career. I mean, last few years have just been nuts, right? I mean, you think he's finally got his chance. First, he finally gets a chance with Ganassi, and then he then Harvick like 
starts a feud with him in an Xfinity race of all things. And then he finally he gets a win and he's got this opportunity to do some things in the Xfinity series. And then his sponsor gets raided by the FBI, you know, and they go to prison for, I mean, how many years? Like 30 years or whatever it is. And then he's taking rides at, you know, no, no, you know, no name teams. And it looks like his career's off the beaten path again. And then it just, he works his way back. And then, like you said, this year. Yeah. I mean, our expect, I mean, it's been well known if anybody listens to this podcast and probably maybe some people are listening to this for the first time. So hello to new listeners. Uh, a lot of people want to tune in uh, to talk about this race. But um, yes, yeah, so before the season, for those of you who don't know, uh, we did our preseason uh, mm-hmm. predictions, our, our preseason superlatives, and we picked mm-hmm. our dis- biggest disappointment of the year. And I said track house racing because I thought, you know, hey, nice story. Uh, they're starting up a team, but I don't see how either their drivers are going to make um, make the playoffs. Uh, they've Neither of them had ever won a race, and I don't see how they're going to do it on points. So clearly, Trackhouse has been the story of the season, and really, Ross Chastain, on top of that, um, you know, probably has just been the breakout driver. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, even, even at Talladega in April, um, some drivers had started to say, hey, like, I was doing a story on the championship favorites at the time. Mm-hmm. Some of the drivers start saying, oh, I think you could look at Ross a little bit. And I asked him about it, and he was just like, I can't even believe that you would mention me as like somebody that would make the Final Four kind of thing. And um, here we are these months later. I mean, he they've sort of never really lost their speed. They've been good all year. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they've had speed. They, I mean, you could make a case. He should, he's got two wins this year. You could make a case four, five, six wins. And he had a summer that was miserable, like – Performance-wise, they were fast every single week. And he just kept making mistakes after mistake, right? And it was the same stuff over and over again where he just couldn't finish races. He couldn't get out of his own way. And then you're like, this, there's no way this guy is going to have any success in the playoffs. And he's pulled it off. And it, well, and even to start the playoffs with all the feuds, yeah, we said there's oh, yeah. absolutely no way – um, there's no way this guy can make the final four. I said that. I'm sure. I, I said that. I didn't have. I don't think I have my final four. I thought. I thought today at Martinsville, if he got this far, I thought today was going to be the day where there was a reckoning, and there almost was. By the way, with him and Denny Hamlin. Well, doesn't Denny wish he had? Yeah, he, I mean, there's got to be a lot of regret there. It has to be. Like, but they the, all talked about it. The whole field. Oh, you know, we're we're gonna get Ross back. The Ross mm-hmm. has made us mad. We're gonna get. We're stuff. gonna wait until the right time when it hurts the most. Well, today would have been a great day. And and of all people to knock Denny Hamlin out of the playoffs by like a couple feet, it was Ross Chastain, and um, you know it, it was only by what four points or whatever in the end. Yeah, um, that's that's a win, you know. And if Denny Hamlin had have those five bonus points for maybe one of the wins that he felt he should have had that Ross maybe took him out of, I mean that's that's a tough thing. This to is admit. gonna sting. But here's the thing: you everybody had their chance to get him back or whatever they're going to do. Yeah. They didn't. No. And now he's going to Phoenix, and he's got a great chance to win the championship. I mean, could you possibly bet against him after what we've seen today? He finished second at Phoenix earlier this year, has to be stated. And so, and this is the year we I think we all agree the champion isn't necessarily we. I don't like. I don't. I'm not convinced the champion's going to win at Phoenix. Like I just don't know that it's going to happen. So they, they have been good on flat tracks this year. Um, so them going to Phoenix and having the same type of speed wouldn't shock me whatsoever. And they have continued to be the team that we've doubted. I mean, whether it's preseason predictions or things throughout the year when Ross is having these moments and we all think that he's going to stumble in the playoffs and they just keep doing it. They find a way and it's, it's incredible. This is, this is not an exaggeration. And I thought a lot about this week cause I wrote 
a story about Ross Chastain uh, on The Athletic about kind of his evolution of a driver who was uber aggressive but has kind of learned how to dial back a little bit. <laughs> has picking and, pick and chooses the spots like today, right? And this, if he wins the championship, it, it, I'm not saying, I'm not kidding. I said it's the biggest upset since 1992 when Alex, Alan Quickie won the championship. And, and that, that's, that's a true statement. Well, and even then, I mean, that was something that you could sort of uh, see developing over the course of the season. I mean, I know it was yeah. down to the end, but um, this is like, I mean, t- to to realize where he's come from and what he's done um, and to just still be there and still make it and the way he's gotten to the Final Four, um, I've just, uh, it's it's really, it really could, I mean, first of all, the fact that he's even in the Final Four, um, pretty unlikely when you consider the the previous career because you don't see many um you know first time playoff drivers i mean i i don't really i don't know if anybody any first time playoff driver has made the final four um in the past i have to um, rack my brain on that one give me a minute yeah um but i mean obviously it, it the format's changed over the years but truex in 15 right was that was that his first time making it i don't know uh well it depends on the format too though so well, in the elimination yeah. format, so, yeah, which, eh. you know, so yeah, you're probably uh, right. Anyway, uh, any, anyway, it's just, it's just, uh, I, I feel like this, this is like a, a movie in the making for for him if he can somehow <laughs> cap this off um, with a championship. I mean, the run, it, it's it's really remarkable. We just don't, you just don't see that kind of stuff. No, um, typically, uh, you, you almost ha- have a feeling of who the few drivers are before the season, who could maybe contend in the past. Obviously, this new car has changed a lot. And, uh, yeah. Now, let's before we move on, um, let's let's talk about what we touched on briefly about the the drivers um, saying, hey, like, you know, this this needs to be regulated now. Okay, so you have uh, Chase Briscoe. Um, Chase Joey Briscoe Logano. cited the, 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 the crossover gate as the reason why he had concern with it. Yeah, and I mean Joey Logano is saying that this is possible at every track. This is did, possible at Darlington. He said every track. I, I don't. Did he? Yeah, I guess he did. He did. Yeah. He said that, and he said so. That's why, and he said it's definitely possible in turns three and four at Phoenix. Yeah. So, you know, they were looking for some sort of I thought like rule, like cool. if you hit Logano's suggestion was if you hit the wall, yeah. it would be like a reverse yellow line. Like if you hit the wall on the outside, you cannot gain a position with that. I hate that rule. I, I hate that so much. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So, first of all, what we know right before the podcast started, NASCAR, NASCAR says uh, currently right now um, they're not considering that. Um, they're going to talk to some of the drivers, but they're not considering a change um, for Phoenix, a rules change. Um, you say you don't you don't want the here's rule. Why a, don't you want that rule? Here's the snare. Like, you, you pass a driver on the outside of uh, at Darlington going to turn three, right? And you're, you know what Darlington is. Narrow, old tires, your cars are sliding, right? And you're on the outside, and you slip up and bounce off the wall. Bounce off the wall. But you still make the pass, right? That That's what racing is, right? Especially NASCAR. It's supposed to be hard nose, tooth and nail, and guys sometimes bounce off the wall, and they keep going and make a pass. But in this scenario with this rule, if you hit the wall, you'd have to give the spot back? I, that, that, that's horrible. That's the antithesis of what NASCAR should be. So I'm actually in agreement with you. Um, I don't think that they should regulate this one, um, at least right now. Now, if you get to a situation where, like, all of a sudden every single elimination race, 
like every single Martinsville race, like this is deciding sure. the final four, like, and, and deciding playoff spots or whatever. But look how much the fans loved it. I mean, this is an entertainment thing. It is. I mean, we have, have, have people not come to grips with this by now. They think it's still like a straight up, and like you come to grips with it. Cause you're the one you're, you're leading that chorus. Well, I mean, if I've, if I've come to grips with that, I don't know. Have you come to grips with it? Cause I, there's a podcast a few weeks ago where frankly, I don't think you came to grips with anything. Well, <laughs> this is, I mean, listening to the fans say, this is what people want. This yeah. is what they this, this was like, it was the most exciting thing to happen. And now you want to pass a rule against it. Yeah. No, you can't do that. It happened between the, like, here's my, here's why it happened between the lines. Like he didn't cut the course. He didn't do anything like that. It, like it happened between the lines. He didn't impact anybody else's no, and race. That, that's the other thing I want to bring up too. Like now, if he would have done this and taken out somebody else, we can have that conversation. And, yeah. that, and that's, that's one thing I do think is worthwhile. Like if this keeps happening and then people get taken out, well then, yeah. And the other thing I think is important too is like, you have to have a perfect set of circumstances to make this work. You have to be in the position where you can pass a car or pass a bunch of cars. Your car, first of all, has to stay together and Tristane's car wouldn't have gone any much further than it did. And so you have to have all of these different things come together to make it work. It, I just, it's give them credit, keep your hat to them. If this becomes a trend, we can have the conversation, but let's not, let's not get so in a panic and a tizzy like, Oh, we got to change the rule. Cause it happened once we've seen it fail. Like Larson tried it last year. It failed. Carl Edwards tried it before at Kansas, a little bit different circumstances, but he tried it. That didn't work. Like let give me more of a, of a sample size before we start making rule changes for this. You know what I love about this too? Um, so one of the things uh, for those of you who've heard my personal story before, one of the things that uh, got me a lot more into um, the NASCAR journalism part of the world was um, NASCAR 05 video game, which is the one that Ross was talking about. <laughs> on the GameCube. Um, I, now, I didn't play it on GameCube. That's a GameCube um, sucked. But I saw in the game, um, for those of you who remember the opening credits, um, there is... Uh, a moment where Ryan Newman looks down at his, or you look down at your passenger seat, you're about to race Ryan Newman um, on the streets of New York in a match race. And he sees, uh, you see a cover of NASCAR scene, the magazine, and Ryan Newman is on the cover. And so I had bought this game, uh, you know, in 04, cause it, you know, the 05 yeah. version or whatever. Um, and so um, basically like I learned what NASCAR scene was, from this video game, from the placement in the video game. I thought, oh, that must be like a big publication in NASCAR. I want to go work for that. And that became my goal um, that I was going to work for NASCAR scene, which I ended up doing. Um, and so that got me in like th that video game uh, holds personal significance for me too. Anyway, um, Ross said, you know, he, he had mentioned it on TV, but in the press conference, he also said that it, what, what it was is his brother beat him at Dodge Raceway Stadium which is basically like what the LA Coliseum is now. It was a fake racetrack inside a football stadium, basically like around a running track. And it was called Dodge Raceway for whatever reason. Um, and that was, that was, I guess, the inspiration for this. So uh, pretty cool if, if you're a, an old video game person, old NASCAR video game person. Can we just go back for a second? Apparently the NASCAR 05 version apparently is predicting the future. Because they're racing through the streets of New York, which may happen here soon, right? <laughs> you're racing at like an L.A. Coliseum type track, which happens. And you're riding the wall around the track to beat somebody. Like, that's three for three. Well, yeah. And especially if you have like low damage on, like you could definitely do that. You know, anybody that's played NASCAR video games knows you can definitely do it at Darlington. 
um, in like turn three and four. Turn that's a very fast way around, uh, as long as you don't get too much damage Who on your plays card. Video games with no damage on. Don't you want realism? Well, I mean, if you play i racing, I'm sure you can't yeah. do that necessarily. But. So, so I need to change this a little bit, but. So William Byron was on the um, doing media, or he doesn't even do media. He was all done with his media session, uh-huh. and he he was looking at the phone, his, somebody's phone, and you could tell that he was like watching the thing. You could just knew it, and he's like, and you could see his facial reactions. He's like, oh, 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 and then he watches it and he gets done. He's like, that was cool. <laughs> so I went over and talked to him. And like he's like, yeah, that's like it's like I've seen people do an eye racing all the time, but he goes, I I can't believe he actually tried it and pulled it off. I can't wait to hear like like radioactive this week is going to be so great <laughs> with all the reactions because. My, I was scanning the final eight drivers and the first voice, the first indication that I knew like something, anything happened. Um, like I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Logano. He comes on his radio and he goes, Oh my gosh, did you guys see that? That was <laughs> cool as hell. And then all of a sudden I look up and I see Chastain's like Chastain must've like blown it by a blur. Or something. It was a red uh, blur. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just nuts. Unbelievable. It's- like there's like, I mean, but it has to get. Like, it has to be the perfect track and the perfect yeah. situation, and you you can't do that ever. You're not going to do that at Michigan. You're not going to do that at Daytona. I mean, you're, there's a lot of tracks you can't do this at, regardless of whether a driver say like, there's just not. I mean, I don't even think you could do this at Bristol. Yeah, and I mean like Richmond. I don't. I mean could Richmond. You? I think Richmond was the one that would Rich, be such a long way around. Rich, uh, it's three quarters there? of a mile. I mean, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying to run the top like that. Oh up yeah. Well, the, if you do it on the back stretch, I don't know. I mean, Richmond, Phoenix, Darlington were the three that uh, the three tracks that I've heard that the Coliseum was the other one that you could do this a lot at. Yeah, Dover. It's banking there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It seems anyway. too steep. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we may see this more. I, like, I'm not against it. I'm really no, not. It's like, like hail mary in football, right? Why can't we have a little fun? Yeah, that's why I call it the hail melon. You it's didn't like bad. my. It's okay. I like the melon drop. The melon drop. What does yeah. the drop have to do with it? It's just he's dropping the, you know, dropping the melon. He's kind of sending. Oh, like a mic drop. Yeah. Oh, you're playing off mic drop. Okay, yeah. and I'm playing off hail mary. Yeah. Yours probably a little bit better, but I don't know. I don't think it's. I was actually say. during the the his press conference. I was sitting there googling. Uh, synonyms for like miracle and and other things trying to find the right uh I asked people on Twitter what it should call a lot of people called it said that it should be called the watermelon crawl yeah um, I don't like crawl because this was not a crawl well you know it's a term it's a song I so. thought Ross ride or die was pretty good that's too wordy that's too wordy that's, yeah I mean passing the grass is perfect you have to have some sort of catchy yeah no I agree there's like just that, not a there's know? not you need something with miracle like a miracle type word with that starts with an R that rhymes with the rock. melon miracle. Oh, there we go. Uh, I still like hail, hail melon. I'm going with hail melon. <laughs> Anybody like feel free to take my idea and put it on a t-shirt. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's other stuff to talk about, but uh, I'm I'm happy that I witnessed a all time moment. That was pretty cool. Like you don't get to say that very often. So it was great. Um, it was it was. And oh, let me let me say this. Let me say this too. And this goes to the Christopher Bell stuff that we'll we'll get into. If you are still anti playoffs after today, you might as well just go home. I mean, you just might as well watch, not watch anymore. Honestly, like I, this 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 race. If anybody is ever like, oh, you know, like okay, I'll raise my hands at times and be like, ah, oh, the playoffs. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure how comfortable I am with the concept, but. It's it's done. It's over. Like this is like this seals it's, how amazing this format is. You had this first of all, this most of this race sucked. A lot of this race sucked. This race played out how I thought it was gonna be. I mean, it was like it was a lot of just riding it, but that's how Martin's a lot of Martinsville races are though. Like Yeah, but they it was not only 
like they couldn't pass. So this was much better than the spring race. Yes, but I'm saying for I mean for the first half of the race you had one caution, mm-hmm. and it was for the stage break. Yep. I mean, really, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. Guys the most... were getting pinned back in the field, even fast cars. Yeah. They couldn't do anything at all. No, I'm, yeah, I agree. You I mean, know, it's not the race leaders were struggling to pass back markers. Um, it was just. It wasn't what you want to see here. It can be not better. A it can be better. It can be yeah. better. So then, you know. But no one's, the thing is, no one's going to talk about it, though. It, as soon as Denny Hamlin lost the lead, that was really where things changed. Because all of a sudden, Christopher Bell comes out mm-hmm. first. Denny Hamlin loses the lead in the pit stop. Um, one of many times, several, three times in a three row where he lost bad pit stops today. He spots. lost multiple positions each time. And he mentioned that post-race, and that's going to eat at him. And that's that's the difference right there, really, yeah, too. It I is. Mean, I mean, yeah. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. That hurts. Off the top of my head. I mean, he lost at least six spots. Yeah. If not more. And, and you know, he probably would have won, too. I mean, he had probably. probably he was, I think he had an eight-second lead at, at, over Chase Elliott at one point when he was, you know, rolling for a while. Um, maybe at the end of stage two or something. Seriously. I was in the garage at that point, so oh. I couldn't tell. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it was it was a big lead. Uh, anyway, so, um, you know, the race sort of flips at that point because then you had Bell up there in a must-win. You had Blaney up there in a must win. And then it, it as more cautions happen, and you even had Briscoe stays out on the old tires. And it's like, oh, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got his teammate blocking for him, too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but those things were only relevant and those things were only happening because of the way that the playoffs are. Like you had, you, you had the situation where, okay, somebody's going to win their way in, whether it's Bell, Blaney. Briscoe, you know, one of those guys you're thinking, okay. And then this all of a sudden affects the point. So Chastain, who thought he was golden, you mm-hmm. know, coming before the race, uh, you know, he was what, plus 17 points coming in. Um, you, f- you figure out, well, he just goes out and gets top 10. He'll be fine. And then Hamlin, by sweeping the first two stages, getting those 20 stage points, you're like, well, he's in great shape now. I mean, after after he won stage two, he was so far above everybody. It was like, oh, well, now... Now Chastain's the cut line, and Chastain's going to be the one out if there's a new winner. Hamlet doesn't even really have to worry about it at all. Then um, obviously the bad pit stops put him back in the mix, and but he still would have made it. Uh, he still was in you know position, leading by two points on the last lap um, if Chastain doesn't pull his move. So all those things that happened, you know, whether it's Chastain's desperation. Um, you know, Hamlin going out and, and with his strong performance to feel like he he had to do it. Um, you know, Briscoe staying out to try to to win a race when he had to. Bell, uh, the strategies they played, um, you know, and, and coming up through the field on tires. Uh, Blaney having his shot. I mean, all this stuff was happening through the prism of the playoffs where if you take this and put it on the spring race, it's okay, yeah. but you're not going to have guys as desperate. And so, you know, that, that opportunity... Uh, just changes everything, and it changes the whole dynamic of the race and the entertainment value, the intensity level. Absolutely, amplifies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just like, wow, what is going to happen now? Like, this is crazy. This is really yeah, every exciting re- and nuts. Yeah, like every restart late. You know, you're like, okay, who's going to be who's going to be that guy that's going to do something here? Because Blaney restarted second at one point, and you're like, okay, he chose the outside lane there. I think I probably would have gone third, and then you can be aggressive. And you're just watching who's going to do who's going to be the guy who's going to just going to go out there and say, screw it, I'm I'm taking this thing. And it's it's must watch. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's talk about Bell because obviously it gets overshadowed if we're talking really about him for the first time uh, over 25 minutes into the it's podcast. Probably and he, he appropriate the though in some respects. No, no, he, no. I he mean, is like completely overshadowed. I mean, it's funny because he is. People forget how talented he is. Like he, you know, I think Kyle Larson takes a lot of his thunder. I mean, because Kyle, I mean Kyle Larson's next generation. So let's not you know kid ourselves. But even with his own team, he's racing with two former champions, Denny Hamlin, who's the best active driver or best driver to never win a championship, arguably. And he's just not a guy you think of. And he is so good. And Adam Stevens is such a good crew chief. And he is a perfect mesh with Christopher. And what they have done this year, like you said, the, the, the walk-off races are New Hampshire. And they just have had horrible luck. Like, they are really, really good. And he is blossoming into everything that Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota thought he was going to be. And you're seeing this guy kind of emerge. And it, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but you lose you lose Kyle Busch, right, at Joe Gibbs Racing. And you think, man, you're letting Kyle Busch go? Like, really? This guy's still really in his prime. He's got some good years left. It's like, no, it's okay. You're replacing with Ty Gibbs, who can say what you want. We'll talk about it. He's incredibly talented. And then you've got Christopher Bell there. Like, that is our two young guys, like, for the next 15 years or however that's really impressive. Well, I just think um, when you look at Bell's playoffs, that if, if the Chastain had, thing hadn't happened today, it was just Hamlin getting the last spot. Bell having two back-against-the-wall walk-off wins is, I mean, that is that is a one of the all-time great playoff runs because, yeah. um, you know, we've, we've been doing a project that we're going to put on The Athletic this week about um, the greatest championship runs we've been through every champion and we're going to be ranking them in order of the best runs and and we'll say you know here's where the the final four of this year might slot into these should they win it right well bell i mean of all these champions i mean i think you had you had harvick in his championship year when um he he had to win phoenix Mm -hmm. uh which was in the martinsville Mm -hmm. slot to make it to Homestead and then ultimately parlayed that into winning the title. Um, and you've had other guys obviously win to advance in a round when they had to, but to actually, if, if they've actually won the championship, that is a very hard thing to do. It, it you know, just because they pulled themselves off the, the scrap heap for one round doesn't mean they're going to win it. But Bell now, especially having won New Hampshire, which is very similar mm-hmm. to Phoenix, um, he's going to go there and be a serious threat. And to have done this twice at, in the last two rounds of the playoffs, too. It's not just like, oh, round one, he saved himself because he had a bad race. I mean, he was absolutely screwed in a must-win for both elimination races at the Roval and Martinsville. Um, a guy that had really hardly any career wins. I mean, two career wins? Two win, two career wins coming into the playoffs. Coming into the playoffs. Yeah, Daytona now, Road Course last year, New Hampshire this year. Right. And so now... He's gotten two wins and two elimination races yeah. to match his career total and make the championship race. That is insane, dude. Like, seriously, that doesn't happen. No, he is he is so good. And he has been hyped. 
for a long time and he is now getting that experience that you need to, to, to go to that next level and you're seeing a young talented driver figure it out and he's with a good crew chief and a good team and you have you can look at this and you say this is this kid is going to be a force for a while and he's winning on road courses he's winning at martinsville i mean young drivers don't typically do well at martinsville it takes a while to figure this out he came here today and was great and that's that says a lot about him yeah and i mean how many people had them in the final four oh. i mean even hey, think about this if you're going to do all four gibbs drivers He's he and everybody's list. He would be four. Oh, just about right. Hundred percent. Just about. I don't want to start the season. Yeah, I mean, you weren't going to put Christopher Bell in the final four. No, no way. It'd be like, oh yeah, Kyle Busch for sure, because Kyle's there just about every year. On Denny, of course, Denny's there. Truex, Truex, Truex. Oh yeah, I mean, like you can. And Truex won the title last year, right? And then Denny's Denny, and Kyle's Kyle. Like no, oh, Christopher. Nah, you know, he'll make a deep playoff run. Kind of final four. There's no chance. But this is this is his time. This is his team, and this is him. It feels like kind of taking the baton at Joe Gibbs Racing and, and carrying it forward. Yeah, and I mean, he obviously very much deserved to be there based on his yeah, playoff yeah. run. Um, you know, when when you're looking at, you know, we talk about the credibility of the format and everything. Um, if Bell is able to win the championship, you look at that and go, well, that, yeah, I could see that because he had some bad things happen to him um, in the playoffs, uh, getting taken out by Bubba <laughs> at or Bubba and Larson at, at Vegas. Not his fault. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, that you can't really hold that against him. And so if he's able to make it with a great playoffs, remember he had three top fives in the first round. Um, absolutely. He deserves to be there. Ross Chastain, should he win the championship? You go, well, yeah, sure. He's been fast all year. I mean, he hasn't won all the races, um, but he's had a fast car. And so if he was the champion, you'd be like, okay, well, he's been yeah, consistent. this was kind of the he, Ross Chastain season. Okay. Yeah. Um, now Chase Elliott, who had, you know, he was top five all day, but a relatively quiet day. I mean, compared to these other guys we're talking about. Um, but still, I mean, despite all the ups and downs in the playoffs, um, and, and Chase Elliott has really not had a good playoffs. Not at all. Uh, but he's there in the end and he had a great regular season. Um, and so if he wins, you could go, okay, well, sure. I could see that. Um, and Logano really, I mean, it would, I don't think it would be that shocking Based on his performance, um, yeah. especially, you know, at Gateway, you could say, oh, that's kind of mm -hmm. Phoenix-ish, stuff like that. I mean, you know, I could see him doing it. So I, I think you have a Final Four now where it's like, okay, well, sure, that makes sense. I mean, now you're missing some great drivers who have had great seasons. I mean, Larson, um, again, today was good. Obviously, he won um, to put, you know, to make it into the owner's playoffs uh, for the championship four. Um, but, and, and really, I think the, the one that's, the one that's sort of glaring, um, is probably going to be Hamlin because, um, he ends up with another top 10 and we had been looking at, we, we, I was just telling you guys about this list that we did about where, you know, where, where we went through every champions, um, you know, uh, the, their number of wins, top fives, top tens, laps led average finish. And we looked at all the stats, um, and, and just, you know, how their playoffs went. And the only one this year that was going to rank with any reliability in the top half of the all-time list was going to be Hamlin because a lot of these other guys simply don't have any sort of stats that would, on a historic um, level, rank with, like, the elite championship runs. And now Hamlin didn't make it. So it's sort of, uh, you know, but 
I guess it's sort of reflective of the season where everybody's been up and down. Everybody's had a roller coaster. Everybody's struggled to find consistency. The only problem is the one guy that did have consistency throughout the playoffs and has reeled off. I think he has like eight top tens now or something. Yeah, but it wasn't the thing with Hamlin is he's been very good, but he's not been great. Like he's finishing in the top ten, but he's finishing in the back half of the top ten. He's not been going out there. They don't have the same speed they had earlier this year. They aren't leading a bunch of laps. They aren't been in position to do. They've had a couple opportunities to win some races, and they haven't. They just haven't executed the level they've wanted to. They have. There's a couple races where they can qualify well. Like it's been good. It's been very good. And you can kind of, you know, quote unquote, nickel and dime your way to the to championship four. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to show that you can win a race. And today it was. A- I don't. I don't think that was ever their strategy, though. You always heard them talking about. Okay, we came into this race today saying we needed to get thirty points. Or whatever. This is what we did. That's you know fun. what I'm saying? And because and and that was actually the brilliant way to play these playoffs sure. because these playoffs have had so many things happen to so many different contenders, uh, whether it's mechanical, whether it's getting caught up in something. And so all you really needed to do was just like, hey, let's just get solid points days, points day, and, um, and then we'll make it, and then we'll then we'll win. That's fine, but what does a win do? If winning at Vegas. Or, or winning at, at Homestead, what does that do? It puts you in. Well, he, he could have potentially <clears throat> won it at Texas. Yeah. And he got taken out by Byron. Sure. I mean, so, but, and then the bonus points and all those things. Like, I, I get it. And it, it is a smart strategy. It is a, it makes sense. Just don't beat yourselves. Maximize your day. This is what we need to do. I get that. But at the end of the day, winning is a cure-all. And it is, the, it is a surefire way to know that I'm going to be going into the next round racing for a title still because I know I can win or I did win. And, that they haven't won since the 600. They've come close. They've had a lot of races. They probably got away from them. Pocono is one of them. Pocono. There, there, there's, say, there's, yeah. there's many of them, right? Darlington. I mean, but the reality is you haven't won since Coca-Cola 600. And they have fallen off. Their speed has been, it's gone the other direction. And you need, at the end of the day, you've got to have that lights out speed. And where, and especially today, where I understand the conditions, it's hard to pass, et cetera. And you have an issue on pit road three times. You cannot have it, yeah. Especially when you change your pit crew, you take the Kyle Busch's pit crew, which was the best all year statistically, and you're taking them, and you had three bad pit stops in a row. Gosh, and how frustrating would that? It be? has to be. I mean, it's, it's killer. I mean, Hamlin said afterwards, yeah. "There's literally not one thing that I could have done better." You know, like, it, I, yeah, I did he, like literally everything, everything that I could. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that has to be just so demoralizing. And adding to it, I'm not trying to like kick him while he's down, but as Bad as they were at Martinsville earlier this year, and they were horrendous. They completely did a 180 and yep. flipped the script. They qualified horribly then. They ran horribly. They finished three laps down. They come here today, this weekend. They qualify well. They've got speed. He, You know, you talk about it's not easy to pass. He moved passing cars in stage one. He yeah, went from, he was the only one. Yeah, he, he, he was, started well, 11th. 11th. He worked his way to the front. Right. And he was making moves. I mean, he did everything you can ask out of him. He let literally, I mean, literally, it's not his fault. But again, I, I, I look at the totality of it. Like, you, you still left points on the table other places. And I don't understand your mentality, but this this does sometimes have a way of catching up to you. And it, and it caught up to him, unfortunately. I mean, five playoff bonus points from having the disqualification at Pocono Oof. for the little thing under the wrap that uh-huh. Chris Gabehart didn't even know was there. Yeah basically a mistake it sounds like that is the difference sure of moving on if he had those five points he's in the final four ouch i just don't know how you 
I don't know how if if you're Denny Hamlin how you process it. I mean, you you're probably looking at this as like I mean, especially after Byron qualified so bad. Remember, Byron comes into this race with a five point yeah. lead, yeah. qualifies twenty fifth, Hamlin horrible. qualifies eleventh. Hamlin wins the first two stages, gets twenty bonus points. I mean, he is set <laughs> up perfectly, and he's thinking, okay, I'm going to the final four. Maybe I'm going to finally win my first championship. He's about to turn forty two uh in a few weeks and here is his shot and i'll tell you what if he was going to go against this field you'd feel like you had a pretty decent chance like he's the one with like a lot of experience i mean logano sure elliot sure but you know you'd, you'd feel pretty good about it if you were going there with a chance to win the title now another year has slipped away not getting any younger we know that eventually a driver's performance declines and uh I mean, you're just really getting to a situation here where this might be, he just might not, he might end his career with the best driver to never win a title mantle uh, on his name, I guess. But it's not what you want to be in company with, you know, Mark Martin, I guess is great, but um, that's, you you want the championship, but uh, it's not looking good, really. No, I mean, it's... Time's running out. Time is ticking. And he's he takes good care of himself. He works hard. He's got a great crew chief. They've got and that's great. But you just can't have that. You, I, I always tell everybody, Father Time is undefeated. It's it's. I mean, you, you just you're just not going to get that many chances. No. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's. I just don't know how you would, how you would possibly justify it or or try to understand what just happened. You know, I guess you just look at your regular season and say, "Hey, we had missed opportunities, and if we had had yeah. playoff bonus points." You know, we would have been fine. But that was Christopher Bell's thing. Christopher Bell was saying, you know, as recently as this week, man, you know, my lesson learned for next year is that we really have to get more playoff bonus points in the season. So Mm -hmm. we're not in this position, you know, if we have one bad race. And he goes out and wins it. Same team as, you know, Hamlin's on, but he had better pit stops. And that's it. And Chastain could say the same thing. I mean, he led a lot of races on the table this year, a lot of races they, they should have won. And look at Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott did a really good job this year of getting those playoff bonus points, winning races during the regular season, winning the regular season title, right? And today, as he through these playoffs, when he's had inconsistency and kind of shot himself in the foot a lot numerous times, those playoff points have carried him through the next round. And it happened again today. Absolutely. And I tell you what, I, I am very grateful that that has become a thing in NASCAR because I think that, you know, in the original version of this format where it was the points were reset every round, yeah, there, there was, was no, no playoff reward points. for your regular season. It was, it made no sense. It was too, yeah, it was too wide. Out. And that's how Ryan Newman got to the final four, you know, being winless that, that first year um, and almost won. Um, but I, I think you have to value the regular season. And, and the fact that, Okay, yeah, Chase didn't have a great playoffs, but the fact that he did enough in the playoffs plus mm-hmm. the strength of his regular season, great, that's wonderful. That's how it should be. I don't want the regular season to be so devalued that all it, all it means is, okay, you won your way in, uh, and now you can take the rest of the season off. You know, yeah. it, it, should be, it should be that you have to keep going for those bonus points all year and that it makes every race mean something. It makes the summer mean something when otherwise – you know, who cares after you win a race? And I think this format or the with the regular season and the postseason is a nice blend of the old race one through 36 being consistent 
every single week and you every race is the same you got to make sure you do well right with the playoff pressure and the game seven you know per coming through and you're going to have a, a one race finale like I, I like it i do think it's a really good blend of of the old system and this new i guess for lack of a better term made for tv format which is wildly entertaining whether you like it or whether you it is entertaining it produces these moments that you're like oh my god i can't believe this happened and it, it makes sure that you you coming down the stretch you don't turn off your tv and go watch football well these playoffs were dog crap for a lot of the you know opening couple rounds and we were talking about man this is not the playoffs that everybody was hoping yeah, I was for worried about your well-being really i mean you look you were depressed well when you have a sign falling on the track at the roval to decide what's happening in the playoffs that's kind of lame i mean that's that's not what you want that's not how you want i mean how you want the championship to be decided is somebody absolutely going for it like <laughs> chastain right like not because a caution came out because a sign fell on the track and changed the entire playoffs i mean had that sign by the way not fallen on the track bell is not no in the championship larson is in the championship yep um so that's something to think about if bell ends up winning the title that the sign of the Roval. Do you think if he wins the championship, like at the banquet, they should give him like a framed sign from the Roval? Yep. That you have to. Yeah, they should give him that sign, like put it in a nice frame, and they should give that to him. Forget the trophy. That'll be the trophy. I mean, see, that's that's the problem, though. I mean, it's... Oh, God, you're not going to get depressed again, are you? No, but I mean, again, like you don't don't want those things to decide it. But um, I think if they race it out, Makes me feel good about what we're seeing. Um, if it's weird things that happen or um, things that make you uncomfortable, like the uh, the Ty Gibbs thing, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, <laughs> you know, that's not what I like to see. So uh, I, I I will leave Martinsville feeling good about what we saw because that's that's what you want. This is the position they're in. Guys going absolutely all out, going for it, giving everything, um, and you know, not everybody's gonna be successful some are going to come up short but that's the pressure of the playoffs and everybody had the same chance and you know i I think it works out um we should probably talk about you know as long as we're talking about uh guys going home guys coming through um you know blaney briscoe briscoe had a great playoff run yeah um gutty you know he made it was his first time making the playoffs and uh uh he made it to the final eight and almost had a chance to go to the final four i mean the strategy worked today for a while and until it didn't. Um, and without that pit road penalty for removing equipment from his pit stall, that's, that he he is in the mix. Yeah, and, he and lost all his track position. He was running third at the time lapped. when he had. Yeah, yeah. And he, that was everything. He got lapped because he had a long green flag run. And without that, he was up there in the mix, and that changes everything. And But he, he's just so impressive, though. But even wasn't it, uh, was it Vegas where he was? Um, Vegas, he was so bad. They got lapped early, and then they fought back and finished. He, but he was leading yeah. late on one of the restarts, and yep. then just kind of he. So he, you know, he was Texas he could, too. Texas, they were it. off, and they the rally back. Yeah, yeah, he rallied back to finish fifth at that one. Um, so you know, considering the regular season they had, yeah. I think it was a pretty decent playoff. They run have for them, nothing to hang know? their head about. Um, and then Blaney, I mean, look, he he had a shot today. Uh, a couple restarts um, late on the yeah, on the front road next slow. to Bell. Didn't get good starts. That was, this but is, he had a chance. He had a chance. He just they didn't come through. I guess which is the story of his playoffs. I mean, you know, unfortunately for him, it's going to be a long off season to have to think about the mistakes he made um, in the first two races of this round, self inflicted. Um, 
I mean, I listened to Nate Ryan's podcast, the NASCAR and NBC podcast, and, and Kyle Petty was saying that, um, you know, Blaney might, you know, he's so far in his own head right now from the mistakes that it's going to be really, really tough um, to pull that out and even suggest that he, he might want to go talk to like a sports psychologist or something because the it's so hard to, after you've made mistakes that are on you, especially like at, at Homestead to, you know, downshift and center yeah. upshift or whatever and, um, you know, spin yourself out, just, just a total... Danny Hamlin did it. Brain farts. Yeah, he did it and, earlier and, in the year. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. done it. I mean, he did it. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of Denny Hamlin in a way because Denny Hamlin had the knock, fair or not, that he was a choke artist, right? Like, really, it goes back to 2010 when he, that championship that he should have won got away, and he just didn't have that. And he, if I'm not if I remember correctly, he saw a sports psychologist, and mm-hmm. he said it helped him a lot. And Denny now has become somebody that doesn't – you don't look at somebody – he shook in that – he shaked that label. You'd never hear that about him anymore. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I'm not – saying that the Blaney's go to do it. I just thought it was an interesting observation by, by Kyle Petty that, you know, those mistakes can really be detrimental, but yet I think Blaney had a shot. I mean, he, he had a chance today. He ran well enough to, to be in the mix. Like I said, he was right there with bell. I never felt like he could win it though. I mean, all it would have taken is one great restart to get around bell and he would have the track position. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, so yeah, they they end up going home. Obviously disappointing. Um, and let's be honest, at this point, uh, you know Blaney would have been the twentieth different winner. We got so excited about uh, oh man, this is going to set the record for different winners because it's currently mm-hmm. tied with nineteen different winners for the season. Now only one race left, and it looks like this season is not going to set the record um, unless something. You never know. Happens Phoenix, Phoenix. going to happen in Phoenix. That would be a perfect cap. I mean, Keselowski's it? been running really, really well. Yeah, he, Keselowski had a shot today too. Yeah, he did. He, he was pretty, pretty decent. Back to back, what top tens for him? Yeah, maybe. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So uh, let's see. Have we talked about all the playoff drivers? Byron. Um, I just, I, I was amazed at how off they were. It was. I mean, it, we you talked about Denny. How Denny flipped the script from the spring. Byron flipped the script in the wrong way. Really shocking because I think both both of us in our picks said that that he would get the final spot yeah. over Hamlin. We we could not see just the way he was in the spring here and how far off Hamlin was, like you're talking about. It, it just seemed okay. Well, Hendrick's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as Elliot and Larson were today, yeah. so Byron will be good and he'll probably run the top five all day. And then it's going to be tough for Hamlin to overcome that because if they're both running top five, it's going to be you know they're both getting stage mm-hmm. points, but then. He was just a complete non-factor. As soon as qualifying happened, it was just you. You felt like it was just. I mean, it, it was a fifteen-point swing, basically. It was wild though because he came, he came in the media center on Saturday for a press conference and he was so confident, like talking about he wasn't nervous at all, just really embraced these kind of opportunities. Like he felt like he really had it, and then he, like you said, he goes out and qualifies bad, and that was it. It's just wow. Um, but they really didn't. They weren't running well enough in the last half of the season, really to no. even like if he had made the final four on the championship, like when we're talking about earlier, Oh, you know, people that you could see deserving to win it or deserving to be there, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't deserved it, but it would have been harder to be like, really Byron won the championship. If it, you know, had that happened, sure. um, just like Briscoe, you know, you would have been like, Oh wow. Okay. That's kind of weird. Like Byron had a decent playoff though. I mean, he's going to be somebody too. That's going to look back on this year and go, we should have. We let a couple wins get away. Darlington got away from. I mean, not their fault. It is what it is. 
it's just you're waiting for him to kind of take that next step right and it felt like he was going to do that this year and yeah he won multiple races for the first time but it, it seemed like there was more out there for him so we are already over 50 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even talked about ty gibbs yet so we should probably wrap up the cup portion of this before we go into talking about mr gibbs however um we probably need to give our championship picks oh this is very difficult for me because um i really don't know i mean i this is really this is going to be a very tough one to handicap don't you think yeah i mean i I can make a case for any of them yeah so i guess what does your gut say i mean i'm going chest in Really, Chastain win at Phoenix? Selfishly, because I have a good story idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but he did finish second there in the spring. They've got speed. It just feels like it's a Ross year. It just, yeah, this is it's unprecedented what they're doing in a lot of ways. See, for me, for for some reason, I'm kind of thinking that it's it's either Bell or Logano. Logano is the other choice I thought. Um, of. I'm basically putting a lot of it on how they've performed at like the one mile tracks Mm -hmm. and things like that. And the flatter tracks. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it really says a lot that, that bell won at New Hampshire. I really am putting a lot of stock in that. He's peaking at the right time, right? If you believe in that, they've got a lot of speed. They're really running well every single week. Now that, that has to come for something. Um, I'm not as confident. I'm just not as confident about Elliot just based on their speed. Just, you don't they know just, what you're going to get from them. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it seems inconsistent. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to like about Logano, um, just based on his, his performance. But I, I think I might go bell. I think I might go bell as champion. I don't think that's, I think that's a good pick. I really do. He was, he would have been a guy. It's funny. I, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a really smart pick as how well is they're running and consistently they are. Adam Stevens doesn't get enough credit for how great a crew chief he is. Why you not? give Bell a fast car? He's <laughs> I, I don't think he's like today you would have thought like this would be a, a, a situation where somebody could have like the little, you know, nerves get to them and choke or screw up or something. Um, he doesn't. Now he's done it twice, you know, at the Roval and uh, and here at Martinsville. Um, you know, he's 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 not going to get rattled by the situation. I don't think. No, you don't come through in two must win situations and, and let the moment consume you. He right. has done a really good job of that. So yeah, I could see him. I think, I think I'm going to go make bell my pick. Uh, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. He finished 26 in the spring Phoenix race. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago though. Four, yeah, it's fourth race of the season. I mean, that it's was hard a lot's to, changed since then. A whole lot. Lots changed since then. I mean, we would have had said the same thing about Briscoe who won the spring race. Um, if he got there, we would have been like, well, I mean, he did win the spring race, but how much stock can you really put into it? I don't know. Um, okay. So now the other question is the, was it a good race poll? This is <laughs> according to big Joe wall 72. If we take the season overall standings, I'm now I'm undefeated still. I believe since we, you are having a playoff run back, of all playoff runs, but I'm only up two. So this is still a chance for you. Potentially this one in Phoenix. Hang on a second. Okay. <laughs> Update. Brad, Brad Keselowski disqualified for failing minimum weight. Doesn't change the playoff, but just, you know, a note. Interesting. Does that uh, shrink the did, – did Keselowski finish ahead of Hamlin? They it it doesn't right change there. the playoff field or anything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
Interesting. And Keselowski finished both in front of Chastain and Hamlin. Wait, you don't hear that one very often. I at do all. not hear that very often. No. Wow. And Brad's had some good runs back to back weeks, so you're, you know people are going to be like, oh, you know. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. DQ for minimum weight. Yeah. Wow. Um, why would you do that though? You're going to get weighed. You wouldn't do that on purpose. I don't know. I mean, if if you if you're going to do that and try to have a good run, um. You're gonna get weighed after the race and post race inspection. So listen, NASCAR. I, I'm just on this diet, and I was sweating a lot in the race car, and I lost like 50 yeah, pounds. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, was it a good race poll? So, I I think this is gonna be in the 90s. Ooh. Um. Yeah. I think this is gonna be, despite the race not starting off very well. I mean, what? I don't understand. Like. What if you're a NASCAR fan watching this race and you've stuck around through all the years of the changes and you've stuck around through playoff formats and stuff and you're still watching, then why wouldn't this be like exactly what you're looking for out of entertainment value? So I'm going to go for a super high number here. I'm going to say like 94%. That's really good. You nailed oh. it. You, you took my pick last week and did I? Yeah. So yeah, we went. I you said seventy five last week, and you hit it on the on the nail. Well, you can. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, don't, don't apologize. It's you good. I I, I think want. no, no, no. I mean, with the rules of the rules, I think it's a great pick. I think you're right. I think people are going to look at this, the drama, the the last thirty laps of kind of twisting and turning. And but this is again, this is how I thought this race was going to be. Like these races at Martinsville don't always aren't as exciting beginning to end as you think they are. They tend to kind of be processionals, and then the last fifty laps they get nuts. And that was what happened today. And it, but it doesn't matter because what are we going to be talking about, right? And I think that's it. And it was a drama. You had an unexpected winner. You had the Chastain move that it's going to live on. I, I think. I think. I'm going to say 92. percent I'm probably. On the, I, I would probably. Yeah, I'm going to go 92. percent But I think you're going to win. That's a good guess. I mean, it's a good. It's really that's solid. I do think it'll be in the 90s, though. Uh, I just don't. Yeah. The more I think about that guy, originally when you asked me, like the number in my head, I was like, oh man, somewhere in the 80s, low 80s. But then I just did a quick cursory search on social media and I was just like, people are like buzzing about it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that gets. Yeah. I mean, just tremendous. Um, Not so tremendous was Ty Gibbs's performance last night, according to you. Well, let's let's talk about that. Like that transition, by the way. That was very professional. Are you guys ready for a tone change on the entire podcast? We've gone from glowing with positivity to uh this is the, just for the if listeners if you like when jeff and i disagree this is going to be the part you're going to want to listen to because we are not going to agree on this with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm ready. Okay. Xfinity race. Floor is yours, counselor. Ty Gibbs, um, I think it's not even like a bonehead move because he knew what he was doing and it was intentional. Um, You know, look, the the, the Xfinity race was very aggressive. You had Almendinger and Allgaier, um, you know, bumping into each other. And, and, uh, you know, it ultimately like their, their interaction, their exchange ended up cutting down Almendinger's tire, but you know what? They were both giving each other the same amount of physicality with that situation. And that's why you were able to see Almendinger go up to Allgaier afterwards and give him a pat on the back, shake hands, say, you know what? Respect, good battle. I came out on the, on the losing end, but, um, you know what? That that's short track racing, right? Then you have the Brandon Jones, Ty Gibbs situation late in the race or, you know, whoever's on the restarts are gouging the other, other one out of the way. They're moving each other. They're, they're getting pretty aggressive with the moves, but they're moving each other. They're knocking each other out of the grooves. They're not wrecking each other. And it was predictable what was going to happen, right? Like whoever's going to, you know, they're, they're the teammates things sort of off and they're getting to the point where they're, it's kind of escalating. The, the race is coming down to the end, but Let's let's be honest, okay? The situation was Ty Gibbs was already locked in on points. Brandon Jones, who really hasn't won that many races in his career, um, is trying to do uh, his own hail melon and uh, <laughs> walk off, you know, with a sort of unlikely win. Even though he won um, Martinsville earlier in the year by getting into Ty Gibbs, yes. Um, but you know, th- that's very difficult to do in, in a Final Four type race. So Ty Gibbs. Last lap, um, to me, sailed it in and and knew what he was doing. He was absolutely going to knock the crap out of him. It wasn't just I was, you know, Ty Gibbs says I was trying to move him but not wreck him. But he was trying to knock him way out of the way, uh, all the way into the wall to make sure um, that there was no getting back for Brandon Jones. Um, And that was very intentional. That was not like a okay, I'm going to try to make a racing move on the inside of you. I'm going to try to knock you out of the groove, you know, uh, by by getting to your your left rear, um, you know, and just get you out of shape. This was, I'm going to hit you square so hard that I'm taking you out. 19 braked hard too, by the way. Like, he did break harder than usual. Well, um, you know, here's the thing about that. I think that you you cannot... You know, you don't know what why Brandon Jones is trying. You know, he's he's seeing Ty Gibbs coming. He's probably thinking, okay, I'm going to get hit. He's maybe trying to brace himself, slow down, and make the corner enough that I I don't know. I I didn't get to talk to him. I don't know what that if he did break earlier or not, whatever. But um, I do know that uh, in the the court of you know the traffic laws, the person that runs into somebody in the back uh, in a fender bender is always the one at fault. Um, the person out front, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, Brandon Jones brake checked him to set that up. And that's why Ty Gibbs should be let off the hook because um, he didn't do He didn't know that Brandon Jones was going to be able to break that early. Ty Gibbs was going to sail it in as far as he could until he made contact. No doubt in my mind. He was never going to lift. He was never going to get on the brakes until he hit his teammate, Brandon Jones, who was trying to make the final four. That is unacceptable. Now, 
here's the other part of this, Jordan. I know you're. I know you're. You're. So far, I agree with everything you say. Okay. Like, I mean, Ty Ty Gibbs is at fault. Immature, bad decision. You have to be cognizant of it's your teammate. You're already locked in the playoffs. You have to be aware of my teammate wins this race. He's going to be locked in. That's good for our company, right? That's a good thing. So you have to be just smarter in that situation. You have to have more awareness, situational awareness than he had. So here we go. Did Ty Gibbs do that on purpose? Oh, did he get into Brandon Jones on purpose? Yeah. Yes. That's short track. No, did he not? No. Did he like, you know, that hard on purpose? Well, see, here's the issue. Here's what, here's the issue. When you get into somebody, if you get into somebody, there's always the possibility, whether it's hard or light or whatever, they could spin out. Something could happen. Unintended consequences, right? Denny Hamlin here, 2017, got in the back of Chase Elliott. Did not mean to crash Chase Elliott. And I believe Denny when he says this because Denny's a clean race car driver. That is not Denny. And he says he screwed up. He just got into Chase and Chase, for whatever reason, could hang on to it. Or Denny got in too hard. So, yes, Ty meant to hit him. And he meant to give him a shove. More than he probably needed to. He misjudged that. But did he mean to crash him? I, I wouldn't say he mean to crash him. Okay. So, can you explain this? If you crash somebody by accident... And you did not mean to hit somebody as hard as they did, as hard as Ty Gibbs did. Would like you, Jordan Bianchi, if you did that and then you end up winning the race because of that, would you then do one of the biggest celebratory burnouts of the year? Oh, no. Get out of your car as the crowd is booing the crap out of you and egg them on. Well, yeah, here's the thing. I said this before about Ty Gibbs and I, and I, he's, there's some things that Joe Gibbs racing as a whole is going to have to kind of figure out with him a little bit own it if i'm him i, I said this board i'll say it again own it be the biggest damn heel you can be you need to be the bad guy you are never going to convince anybody out there that you are a good guy you could go save a burning orphanage and all of the puppies in the world and you are still gonna be like oh well, I, yeah no i don't like him you are never going to overcome the fact that you are Joe Gibbs' grandson and there's a there's a perception that you're this entitled silver spoon kid. You are never going to overcome that. So and, and when you're an aggressive driver like this, that's only gonna, you're only making it worse. Just own it. Become the biggest heel out there. Do the burnout. Egg the crowd on. Welcome it. Like I'm honestly like that's the part I think I'm okay with. But here's the thing: those what you're saying, those actions don't add up to to the words because. If he did not mean to wreck his own teammate mm-hmm. and bump him out of the way as hard as he did, he would have not done the burnout, most likely. He would have got to the finish line and done what 99% of drivers, even if they did mean to, and do in their interviews, which is go, man, oh, I hate to win that way. Like, I really didn't mean to do that. Apologies to Brandon. Um, you know, I, I'm happy to get in victory lane today, but, um, you know, we were doing some physical racing and... I just did not mean for that to happen. I, I apologize to him. Um, did not mean to wreck him like that. You would not do this massive burnout can, and go crazy and celebrate. Exclusive. You can say. They are. You know they're Why not. Why would you be happy? Why would you be celebrating something that you, you can, felt you, you, like, you made a mistake on? I was aggressive. I went out there and I took the win. I apologize. I did not mean to send my teammate crashing into the wall. I apologize for that. Well, then if it's a mistake, you're not going to do it. You're not going to celebrate but like you I did. I did win the race because I was the more aggressive driver. And I'm going to be, I'm going to acknowledge that and aggressive. Anybody could any, like literally anybody could run down the front stretch at full speed and just never lift into the corner and run somebody over. Okay. 
Well, he won the race because he was more aggressive than anyone else. More aggressive? That's not aggressive. It, him running into Brandon Jones is aggressive. That's that's beyond aggressive. I mean, is it dirty? Sure. But that's but that, again, own that. Become that guy who is the black hat and who is going to, you know, rough people what, up. What good does that do? And I, look, I tweeted that, uh, you know, when he got into it with Sieg or something earlier this year, right? Like, he should, he's never going to convince people, but... But here's the thing. I, I have actually changed my mind a little bit on that. And I was giving ben, the benefit of the doubt probably more than I should to Ty Gibbs going uh, into this weekend because I thought, look, some of the incidents he's gotten into this year, you know, Sam Mayer thing or Sieg or um, the pit road thing with Ty Dillon where he endangered the crew members. I could sort of, I you know, you can almost go, you know what? Okay. These are the flashes of anger from a young driver who's not fully developed yet and doesn't give an excuse, but these are the kind of things that in five years from now, he will have cleaned up. He's not going to do, he'll be more mature. And so he's going to, you know, because every time you hear him go, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, yeah, the all shocks thing that he does, does that it doesn't seem genuine. Well, you didn't get that this time. No. And thank goodness that stopped. Cause that just does not, No, but I, I, well. I sort of believe that, right? Like no, I was like, okay, well, gullible. well, I know. I thought like, okay, like, look, he, he sees himself, um, you know, do that on the pit road thing, bad move. And gosh, I really need to, you know, not do those kind of things. Like I really need to get myself under control. You shouldn't, there shouldn't be a realization of that. You can't body slam a car on pit road. Like that's, that's, I I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, I think those were the kind of things that if he stopped doing those five years from now, you go, man, remember when he used to, you know, it's sort of like Keselowski being overly aggressive. Gregson too, to some degree. Yeah. So, but now I feel like now we, we see like sort of who he is because Mm -hmm. he was completely unrepentant, unrepentant, completely a a lack of remorse compared Um, himself to Jesus, which is my favorite. Yeah. He went on serious and and did that. Um, You know, I, I don't really know. I I don't, I I can't really comment on that. I I don't really know what to say about that. John three sixteen says, I was just rubbing's racing. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I, I just don't anyway. So, I think this is the part you're referring to that we disagreed on because we were, I was almost yelling at you in the parking lot yeah, last this is night. Normal. This is what he does, by the way. <laughs> normal behavior. This isn't just a podcast thing. This is a normal behavior where he just rants and rants. He calls me, chases me down sometimes in parking lots, and just screams. I didn't scream. There was a lot of... There was some fear. Well, the reason I was screaming was because the... Um, so you the, just said you didn't scream, but now you said you're screaming. Which is it, Jeff? You were screaming too because because you wouldn't stop screaming at me. Callers were coming oh, those past things us. Are annoying. Stop with the horns, please. Exactly. We were both just screaming. Stop That's, with the horns. They were blowing their train whistle horns oh. as loud as possibly could. I could not hear you at all. Oh, it was just one after another. Oh, just stop! Like, how many horns? Seriously, what, what what appeal is that to people to hear a truck horn? I don't know, but I was like, stop! Will you but, shut the? You know, yeah. that's what I was screaming about. I wasn't screaming at you. Anyway, um, no, but what I was getting, uh, what I was going to say was on our podcast from the Miami uh, F1 race slash Darlington weekend in which uh, Joey Logano uh, bumped William Byron out of the way for the win, mm-hmm. um, which was on the heels of, you know, the Chastain thing uh, at, at Coda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like there was one other one earlier in the season where guys were, you know, oh, well, I mean, you had Austin Sindrick, uh, bumping his teammate out of the window, out of the way to win the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, you were getting sort of this, you know, like, man, these guys are really just using contact to go 
for wins, things like that. And I was saying that uh, I'm not saying it's yet, but at some point down the line, NASCAR is going to get to a point where it needs to step in and say, look, you, you cannot go, you cannot cross the line while trying to wreck somebody for the win. Um, I think what, I think what we saw with Ty Gibbs, that's too much. You should not be able to win a NASCAR race um, by wrecking another driver on the last lap that to that degree for a win. Like you, you at some point, what, where's the line? What's going to prevent somebody from from Phoenix next week? Some late restart in in the Cup race, say, and somebody's in front of them, and instead of uh, pulling a Chastain around the wall or whatever, uh, which is fine with me. Um, but they just blatantly intentionally just drive through someone to wreck them, which causes a caution, freezes the field there in front and they've won the championship. Is that, that you can't, you, that just can't happen. You cannot, you can't go that far. I'm sorry. At some point it needs to be regulated. You think not. I just think it's a slippery slope because you know, how do you determine what's an accident? What's intentional? So if you accidentally overdrive into a corner in your scenario, you know the two contenders, right? Contender A overdrives and he slides up the track into contender B. Is contender A going to get penalized then? Yes, either way. So incidental. The- so, so incidental. So just because in, so now you're going to institute incidental contact. If you take out the leader of the race with contact, I, you don't win the race. That's that's horrible. That's the you antithesis. get sent to the back or something. That's the antithesis of what NASCAR should be. And it's no, it, that okay, opens look, up. Look, it I'm opens fine up. With, I'm fine with a bump and run. I'm fine with moving someone. But it's out an of the accident. Way. Literally, it isn't. He's. You're just saying. Literally, someone goes into a corner and loses control of their car. There are two drivers. Like, let's go. Let's do this in her. Last year, it was Hamrick and Cindric for the championship in the Xfinity. That's fine. But if, that if was fine. but if Hendrick in your scenario though, if 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 Cindric would they made contact, if Cindric would have crashed out. Then Hemrick gets thrown out, even though they're just racing hard for the win. Because okay, let's say let's say that Did you realize Hemrick, what Pandora's Hemrick box you're to, opening up. No, because it's obvious. It's not. It's not obvious. It's not, oh well, it's we not, have to we have to look no, at the it's telemetry. Not it's because you're using judgment, and that is that's because it. when you see it, like when you see the Ty Gibbs thing, when you see Matt Kenseth with Joey Logano here, okay, also, well, that's different. But okay. you're like, okay, well, that's pretty obvious what just happened. Well, yeah, it's not just like, oh, he was trying to get inside okay. him. So. I'm giving Ty Gibbs a bet. But wait, wait, back up for a second. Let's say Hemrick had won the championship last year by just destroying Cindric on the mm-hmm. last lap. And that was how he won the title. You'd be comfortable with that? That was how the title was decided? Uh, would I be comfortable with it? No, but I'm not comfortable with uh, certain throwing penalties out. The well, one- what, what's, what's, what is NASCAR here for then? What, what, why are there people in the tower then at all? If you're not going to officiate the races and you're just going to let the wild, wild west happen and they, just let people crash each other okay. for for uh, for a, a race winner or a championship, what the hell is the point okay. of having officials? The NASCAR's genesis is hard physical racing where guys are doing whatever it takes. You go back to the 1979 Daytona 500, which is the arguably the most important race in NASCAR history. It literally was the two leaders at 200 miles an hour thereabouts literally door slamming into each other down the backstretch and then crashing each other into turn three and then fighting on national TV. So like that is the, that's going both ways. That's going both ways. That's not somebody saying, you know what? The only way I can win this is if I just completely destroy. The I don't want to start judging intent. I just do not want to judge intent. 
then why are there officials? Well, there's a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. They make judgment calls. That's why you have referees and, and other and sports. That's why you have umpires. I will stay they by. They make the calls. I will say this. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I want less judgment calls. I want more black and white. I do not want shades of gray because there's more shades of gray. That is when bad things happen. That is when people, you, you start getting different opinions on things and there's no consistency week to week. So what, what Ty Dibbs, what, what Ty Gibbs I have no issue. Was- Ty Gibbs to me, I, I don't agree with it. I don't like it for a lot of reasons. He, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He wanted to he, he went in and he wanted to hit Jones and move him up the track and he messed up and crashed him too hard. I but that is classic short track racing. And but he, he quote messes up and crashes yeah. crashed him too hard all the time. Yeah, cuz he's not he doesn't learn from his mistakes and he's too aggressive. I don't know. So I mean, you're going to start I mean, to me you're going to be the most unpopular person around if you take away hard physical racing or some guy. I'm not asking to take away real hard physical racing with, like I said, the, the all guy. So a bump and run is stuff. okay. Absolutely. But that's a guy intentionally deciding to get into somebody. Yes. And so if somebody, so that's okay. But if the guy gives him a tap, so let's just if say. If the guy just drives into. But that's what a bump and run is. He drives into him, Jeff. No, you, you do it with enough. It's an art. It's an art. It's still getting into. It's still literally driving but into. You're not ruining that person's race. You, you're not you, destroying you, them. You, well, you are ruining a person's race because they may just may not have won the race. And again, if that driver isn't skilled enough or circumstances dictate it, they could spin out like Elliot did here in 2017 when Hamlin didn't mean to crash him. He just meant to get into him. It'd be messed up. That happens sometimes, but that shouldn't be. So, that's not a penalty. That, that's that not a penalty. Clearly, but so that was clearly not. Just like but with, again, with Kyle Busch but and that's Junior your Richmond. opinion, though, and I don't want to have to have. Uh, but you have to have somebody make these calls. No, you don't. You, why? Because it's just find the it's way just it a is. Total free for all. That's what it is. It's that's what race. That's what short track racing is. A lot of the times, just total wild, wild west free for all. Just do whatever you want. Win however you want. Drive if if you guys uh, if you have a driver, you know, a champion, he needs to just drive through the field and crash everybody, wreck everybody the entire race. That's okay. I'm like, sorry. Have you heard of Dale Earnhardt? Come on. I'm dead serious. I can give you numerous examples. 1987 at, at Richmond. Or, I'm sorry, 1986 at Richmond. Um, 1987 at the All-Star Race with Elliott, where he took out Jeff Bodine and Elliott. Uh, Rattle the Cage with Terry Labonte. Not once, but twice. You know, back-to-back year, 95 and 98, 99 at Bristol. I mean, there are numerous examples. Of Earnhardt, 93, Coca-Cola 600, where he intentionally spun a Bobby Hamilton because Earnhardt didn't want to fall down a lap, and NASCAR still penalized him a lap, and he still rallied back to win. There are his career. Oh, did is, you say they penalized him? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, so they they there is oh, okay. literally a Thank you there for is literally. That, so you're saying that they officiated that and they, penalized him for no, that? Yeah, they, people tell you they did it wrong, but because uh-huh. you look at the replay, Bobby looks to be slowing down. But I mean, his career is literally defined by these moments. I I just um, now listen. I, I did talk to NASCAR about this, and the NASCAR view is essentially there is a difference between driving dirty yeah. and something that's illegal. Mm-hmm. So Ty Gibbs drove dirty, Correct. raced dirty, like you said, but it's not illegal. But I just feel like at some point, um, you just can't you can't have the entire. It, you talk about Kyle Larson saying that, you know, the Chastain move was embarrassing. What I think is embarrassing is if 
you just have this situation where people think that the way to win these races is to just completely bowl people over. Um, that's not who, what, what the hell, why, why are we here? Why are we doing any of this? If, if that, if that's what we're doing, that's how we're deciding races and championships. No, screw that. Like Brandon Jones deserved the, the, the position he put himself in. He deserved to make the final four. He did not deserve to be, um, blatantly wrecked for a spot in the final four. And, and by the way, isn't that manipulation of a playoff driver? If we're going to talk about Cole Custer, <laughs> Um, I'm not walking down that road. But yeah. Why? I mean, NASCAR NASCAR walked down the road. They made a judgment call. They said that they did not like that Cole Custer and Mike Shiplett helped try to give Chase Briscoe a position on the track. And you're saying that, that that's okay to be officiated. But I don't think that was okay to be officiated. I wouldn't have made that call. I don't think that's good. Well, they did. Yeah. But they're not going to officiate this and just say, well, oh, well. This is hard racing. It's not hard racing. Yes, it is. That's not hard racing. Yes, it is. It's hard racing. It's dirty racing, but it can also be hard racing. That wasn't racing. You're not racing somebody if you just take knock them out of the way. Okay. I mean, God, this is like just, I, I just don't understand why. The form of racing you want is not NASCAR. That's Go watch true. sports cars. You're, you're Go watch saying, IndyCar. You're Go watch saying, Formula One. This is remember, not NASCAR. You don't remember rough driving penalties? Things like that. If it gets, if it gets, you're a NASCAR historian. Sure, they happen. If it gets really excessive and to a point, absolutely. That wasn't excessive. He ran. He misjudged it and ran into him on the last lap. He did. I I am. Again, I'm going to give him the benefit. I am. Don't think he meant to turn Brandon Jones. I think he meant to get in there and give him a pop and obviously move him off the racetrack. He just completely screwed it up. So, what about judging the results rather judging intent? You're saying that yeah, they I mean, it's, yeah. So I mean, so what? So the thing is, is okay. So if you're gonna, this is a good conversation, and I, this is so if you're gonna get into somebody and you you're gonna do the bump and run, right? You are gonna say, okay, you if you want to try the bump and run, that's fine. And if you can pull it off, and and driver doesn't spin out, and you can pull by, that is you're okay with that. But if you do a bump and run like Denny Hamlin did, and you wipe out the leader. We're gonna have to come down that. I'm not opposed to that. Like I, but at short tracks, right? At many short tracks, if you do have contact with the leader, you just get sent to the back. Some so, race, some tracks, yeah. So, like with the Denny Hamlin chase situation, would anybody have just been like, like if they sent Denny to the back after he took out the leader? Okay, like everybody, if if that's the rule and everybody knows it, okay, fine. You are going to you do something like that. You are going to start eliminating or not not eliminating, but you're going to start. Yeah, you're going to start eliminating contact. You're start going to no because drivers will still do it and they'll just think okay I'm going to do it but not wreck this guy and again and but I'm going to do it muscle my way by and the driver the other driver is not going to wreck on purpose because they're going to lose their track position they're not going to get their spot back I'm fine. if you want to start judging on that and the on the, the outcome that's fine and you want to you want to not do intent that's fine yeah that sounds good I like that that's a fair compromise okay I'm down with that can we can you do that. You put what do you want to like? We go talk to NASCAR on your behalf. Yeah, or they don't listen to me. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> why don't they listen to you, Jeff? Oh boy, oh boy. Where well, do we start? This is already our, this is our longest podcast ever. Yeah, we're already on the longest longest podcast ever. That's cool. Like, knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, <laughs> do you want to talk about F one before we go? I have no idea. Like, I know Max won, and that's all I know. Yeah, uh, I didn't really get to watch much of it. I had it 
the second screen going. I did think it was funny that so the F1 Mexico race literally started two hours after the NASCAR race, and they went they took the checkered flag at almost the exact same time today. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Actually, very believable. What was the time of the race? Do you know for today? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't get to see. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Max won. Uh, he sets the single season record. Uh, for most wins in the season with 14 looked like, um, you know, maybe Mercedes was going to be able to play some strategy there with Lewis Hamilton. They started on mediums. He went to hards, um, but it just max made his tires last at the end. Um, and it was, I think the longest stint anybody had done on those tires, but, uh, he made it work and he won by, you know, whatever, nine seconds, because, you know, if he had had to pit again, then Lewis would have won the race. Lewis, by the way, finished once again ahead of George. That's good. Um, was he so ahead of him in the point standings another, too? Another second place finish for Lewis. Cool. Who is still that trying up, to get he might the, pass him in the point standings. Still trying to get the fork out of his back that you placed in there Probably ago. would go faster, maybe win a race. Um, anyway, uh, Ricardo was driver of the day, by the way. <laughs> Who'd he pay off? What? Who'd he pay off? Well, no, he uh, he finished seventh. Um, That's a good run for he him. Did, he did get a penalty because... Um, he and uh, Yuki Sonoda had some contact. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I think he got driver of the day. Um, two more F1 races left. Obviously, like, we're a little bit handicapped talking about today since this race were going on at the same time. And we didn't get to really watch it, but um, Brazil and Abu Dhabi to finish out their season. Uh, you want to give some other picks for, you know, Xfinity or trucks or anything like that? Yeah, why not? Um Xfinity is interesting because it's not the guy. You have three JRM cars now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, going back to that real quick. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not done with Ty Gibbs yet. Um, would you rather go against Justin Allgaier in the championship or Brandon Jones? Because at Phoenix, Justin Allgaier has been really good. Yeah, Brandon Jones won there last year, though, too, didn't he? Yeah, but I, I don't want to go against Allgaier. I'd rather go against, like, if don't you think if you're Ty Gibbs, you think I can beat my own teammate in my, in the same equipment straight up. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I just, why would you, why would you want to go against three JRM cars plus an angry teammate rather, you know, this, this win, this Xfinity win that he, you know, put himself, he, you know, he drew the ire of the yeah. entire NASCAR nation. Uh, why would you just the big picture, long-term thinking yeah. makes no sense at all. Zero sense. Like, I just, are you trying to win a championship or like you have a better chance racing against Brendan Jones than you do Justin Algar. And yeah, I, yeah, and, right. especially like three JRM cars as well. And, and, and now Brandon Jones is going to race the crap out of you. Probably might even wreck you. <laughs> so a, yeah, he's leaving next year. So you never know. Right. Yeah. What does he care? He's going to be mad <laughs> if you, they get around each other. He might have a accident. I, I know you're not supposed to mess with the championship four, but would anybody blame him? Hey, if you get loose, you get loose, right? Yeah, if he makes it look enough like that. <laughs> what does he care? Yeah. Uh, it's a good point. So who's your pick? Um, hmm, That's a good question. Uh, I might go Gregson. Yeah, I feel like Gregson's here. Just, I, been, I could just so, see him so, like celebrating on the – He's know, so fast every single week. Yeah. And so it ties – it just ties – I don't know. I, I actually would have considered saying tie if yeah. it was Brandon Jones – um, and and not mad at at Ty and Ty just made it and there hadn't been a controversy because Ty's been pretty fast but yeah no I mean JRM's having a, an unbelievable season overall um, they've they've been incredible so uh, yeah I'll uh, I'll go I'll go Gregson are you going Gregson I'm going Gregson too yeah who's your truck pick 
Uh, you got Ty Majeski, Zane Smith, Ben uh, Rhodes, Chandler Smith. I'm just picking Ben Rhodes just because I want another drunken celebration out of him. Yeah. I, they don't have a lot of speed in their truck this, lately. Ty Majeski, by the way, is a great story. Him winning would be would be a big one. But I root for stories, so I'm rooting for Ben Rhodes, and then hopefully he drinks an excessive amount in victory lane and then comes to That would be us. really fun. That'd be really fun if he if we got another drunk press conference. I mean, I, I don't care if it's Ben Rhodes. Whoever wants to give us I a just, drunk yeah, press conference. Anytime. All in favor of drunk press conference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mm, that's tough. I don't know. Majeski seems to be pretty hot lately, he really. A lot of speed in that race truck. Doesn't make the, he's really become matured into a really good driver who doesn't make mistakes and like doesn't press and try to do too much. And it's, he, he was really, what, four or five years ago, he was incredibly hyped. And yeah right, he, and he was put in a bad situation. Like he was thrown from a super late model into a, uh, you know, a, a, basically an Xfinity car, and it's like. Well, he was part of that terrible, yeah, and bad luck Xfinity we, car with uh, Chase Briscoe and Austin Cindric. Yeah, like, and both of them are having success, by the way. So, yeah. and he's you know he has some stops and starts, but it shows you like he's figured it out, and he's a guy who hopefully continues his path because he is super talented, and he's one of those guys too that comes up from the you know the blue collar grassroots level that you right. like to see. So. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm kind of leaning toward him just based on the the, the speed he's had. Well, no, the speed he's yeah. had recently. You know, it's a good pick. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, boy, I guess we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week as well. We will be joining you from the Phoenix Championship race. And uh, I don't know if oh last God. year we had the, what? <laughs> I'm watching this video. Yeah. Watch it. Here, just watch this video. That's a fan shot of the Ross Chastain move in the last lap. He just comes out of nowhere. It, just absolutely, looks like, it just looks like fast forward. Gosh. It's I'm going to remember this day for a it long is, time. It's wild. Like, yeah. It looks like everyone else is just stopping, and he's just like, do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. So last year we got the champion. Uh, well after the race, like three hours after the race. Yeah. And so our podcast was quite delayed. So we might not be able to get the, if that happens again, I don't, I don't we don't have any plans for that. But uh, if that does happen again, uh, we might not be coming to you until pretty late Sunday night. But um, I think we're, <laughs> we're you're so watching this. This cracks me up. It looks oh, so gosh. crazy. I'm just fans are going here. crazy. It was awesome. It, it, it was really like one of the coolest things ever. It was. I mean, yeah this is epic epic all right everybody have a great week we will talk to you soon thanks for listening to tear down see everybody bye